This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. You are listening to, right now this minute, the best show I've ever done. The best guest I've ever had. A subject that lights me up from head to toe. Meet Dr. Michael Lennox, psychologist, astrologer, and expert in dream interpretation. He's the author of several books. He's got a new one coming out called Psychic Dreamer, exploring the connection between dreams and intuition. And his podcast is called Conscious Embodiment. What is the main point Dr. Michael Lennox wants to share today? To appreciate the idea that our dreams have value, and the biggest value they have is they take us into the unconscious where we are afraid and in lack and limitation and holding back. And by working with those scary dreams, we can actually add the idea of manifestation requiring us to be a yes, both in our conscious mind and in our unconscious. But down there is where we're usually in fear. But dreams take us there to help release them. Okay. Our unconscious is filled with fear and lack? Well, our unconscious is everything. It's enormous. And everything that's mysterious is down there. We want to be in confidence and optimism in our waking life. So we work that way consciously. But all of our fears and our hesitations are still with us, and we're largely unconscious to them. Dreams allow us to go into those places and be with those fears so we can face life on life's terms the next day. You know what makes me crazy, Dr. Lennox? What makes me (laughs) crazy is that for centuries, parents have been telling their children, oh, it's nothing, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. It's so funny, Casey. I almost wrote a book about that because I wanted parents to find the beautiful intimacy that they can create between them and their child by being with them while they're having this horrific internal experience and by dismissing it as, oh, it's just a dream, it's meaningless. Now the child doesn't know what to do with this enormous experience that they've had that is troubling. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I think I've learned and one thing I think that your your work addresses beautifully is that oftentimes we can't get what we want in life because the subconscious is driving the bus. True? That's right. That's right. And and the manifestation sort of uh, teaching out there says you can have anything that you desire. You only have to think the idea and fill yourself with the feeling that you already have it. That's nonsense. First of all, you can't have something that you don't actually have the bona fide talent and ability to create. And more importantly, you can't draw something to you that you desire if in your unconscious you feel unworthy of it. And so one of the things that I like to make sure to teach people about this idea of the unconscious, like you can say, I feel rich, I feel rich, I feel rich. But if down below the surface you're saying, ah, that's not true, I feel poor and I'm scared, the unconscious is going to win because it's the bigger place. But when you add the idea that every night we have the opportunity to go into the room where we are most frightened and we work with a dream in a kind of conscious way, we open ourselves up to be more aware of the unconscious challenge 
challenges, and then we begin to slowly over time get our conscious desires and our unconscious sort of drives into some kind of congruity. All right. It's probably wildly inappropriate, but at this moment, I'm going to say, <laughs> oh, my God, I love you so much. Okay. Oh, well, that's very sweet, Casey. <laughs> Thank you. you so I received that. So we're going to talk about now lucid dreaming yeah. techniques, setting intentions in dreams, and, and follow along more on that subject. But here's the thing sure. with dreaming. We wake up and we have to go to work. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, we, 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 have to, we have to start our day. In fact, one of the most important things uh, to add to your sort of to-do list around remembering dreams more effectively is that, A, you have to set the intention for the night before and just sort of decide, A, I want to I remember more dreams. And you got to put the recording, you know, thing next to your bed. I prefer a dream journal. So, uh, so you have the access to record the dream. Here's the important piece, Casey. You got to go to that journal before you wake up. Uh, fully, and even if you don't have something to remember, because that signals the unconscious that you want to keep that dream memory, and that will increase your capacity to remember your dream, so then you're at least in the right room to be working on them. Right. Here's what I do when I wake up, when I have time, right? When I have time, I'll say to myself, where was I? Where was I just before? Where was I? And I'll try to go backwards. And it's almost like trying to remember, like, who was at my birthday party when I was in second grade? Like, I really put myself, like, in the way back machine. And even then, yeah, you can use that. And even then, (laughs) 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 even then I might only get a glimmer, right? And then like I get in the shower and it's kind of the same thing. Like, oh, what was that little glimmer I was just holding on to? Because I'm not, I might not have the wherewithal to grab the whole dream, but I'm doing what you just said is good to do is I'm letting some part of my psyche know I, this is important to me. I know dreams are important. I want to remember something. I'm just sort of waving the flag like I didn't catch That's it this right. time, but, you know, I'm and open to it. One of the things I want to, like, say to you as a point of comfort with what you're expressing right now is, is that the power of dreams to assist in us getting wiser on a day-to-day basis is happening whether we remember our dreams or not. So that it's not like you're messing it up by not remembering your dreams. But it is accurate in my estimation and in my experience that when we are doing like what you described, being in you know, sort of communication with the dream, even if it's in glimmers. I think that lifts up that ongoing conversation that happens between conscious mind and unconscious every night as we go to sleep. And I think that we have richer self-awareness because we're allowing ourselves to be in that sort of mysterious place where we say, hey, where was I? What is that glimmer? Dr. Michael Lennox is our guest, psychologist, astrologer, dream expert. And what of the dreams that we wake up and we remember every detail of the dream and we don't know what the heck it means <laughs> and you know one of the things that's challenging in my world is is that if i hear a dream and somebody receives me interpreting it people will assume that then if they can't figure out exactly what the dream means that they're not doing a good job of being with it um but the truth is all we want to do is 
deep in the conversation. So, like, say you have a dream like that. Tons of detail and every sort of permutation of where you went in the dream is still fully in your memory. I would pick a scene or an image that was the most sort of juicy for you and, and draw it. Do a little drawing. Dance around your living room embodying that dream. Do something that's creative and symbolic in response to a dream that comes up and then watch your unconscious open up <laughs> your dream memory in an explosive way because the the unconscious works in the la- you know in the language of symbols it's not rational so we respond creatively to a dream and then the unconscious is like ooh she's really paying attention right 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 i feel like i want to know where the disconnect is because life would be easier and we would be more fulfilled if we had a greater relationship, an easier relationship, an easier path to our subconscious. Why is it yes. all so tricky? Yes. Well, because our conscious awareness, that voice that we hear inside our mind that is us, like that we know who, where, and when we are, is really a tiny sliver of our perception inside a soup of, of light and energy and multidimensionality. You know, and our quantum physicists are really describing this scientifically better than ever. The challenge is that that voice inside our heads that we think is us is really a complete distraction from the places and the ways that we perceive subtle energies. And so the reason why, you know, a lot of people have trouble connecting to their intuition is because, I, I'm, I'm being cute and funny here when I say it, but I'm, I'm, it's accurate. People have trouble finding their intuition because we call it the still, small voice. <laughs> That's not for nothing. It's right. quiet. And that other voice is really, really loud. And so parsing through the loud conscious voice that's a distraction is interferes with our ability to be intuitive. And this is also why I love dreams, because when we go to sleep, that rational interfering mind is also asleep. And I think that's why dreams can not only connect us to the unconscious in those crazy story-like dreams, but that's also why in the dream state we can connect to people who have passed on and are visiting, the capacity to be lucid in dreams in a profound way, the idea that you might be having a dream and your sister's having the same dream because, you know, somewhere something's happening that you're both energetically responding to. These mystical experiences happen in our sleep state because that loud rational mind is not there to interfere. Talk to me about lucid dreaming techniques. I feel right away, I'm telling you, I'm sure <laughs> I can't do this, whatever it is. You know, I, I, I'm going to sort of join you in this way around that, Casey, is that I don't know that, that any and every human being is designed to be able to cultivate lucid dreaming. And the reason I say that is having met thousands of dreamers in my life, there are people who are wildly lucid in their dreams just because. And then other people who aren't but covet that experience and go to chase it. I think everything is increasable. And so here's the sort of standard technique for becoming aware that you're dreaming when you're dreaming. The, the, the technique is you look at your hands during your waking life over and over and over again. I think dozens and dozens of times if you want to make this work. And eventually, 
you will have a dream, you will see your hands, and you'll be like, wow, I, it worked. I'm aware that I'm dreaming. And then what happens is if you keep that technique up and do more meditative things and follow the, 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 the behaviors that a teacher of this technique might ascribe, you'll have more and more lucid dreaming experience. But I want to tell you why this works. It's kind of kooky. One of the things that we're doing in REM sleep is forming memory. Outside of the dreaming experience, the brain is also reliving everything it did during the day, taking things that are important, creating memory, discarding the unimportant into the deep abysses of the unconscious. So if you look at your hands all day long, eventually you're going to do that in your dream by virtue of this review. And that's what will trigger you to be aware that you're lucid in that dream because your brain is actually seeing the hands again as a function of something structural that the brain does in REM sleep that isn't about dreaming. And I'll be able to say, look, I'm dreaming. I'm going to pay attention. Yes. I think here's why I think this is an interesting discipline. Back to the manifestation thing. The unconscious challenges to manifestation aside, we are creating our lives every minute of the day. We are responsible for the perceptions that we have of our world, and those perceptions create how we experience life. We are profoundly creative in that, but we bump up against the ways in which the world says, no, not that, that's too much for you, that's too difficult. And so I believe that when somebody practices the idea that in the dream state, we are wildly creative and have energy at our disposal, to do magical things because the dream state allows for that. I think that person is more primed to see life as a dream where we are lucid of the experience that we're having and we can bring in our creative power in a much greater way in our waking life when we trust how profoundly creative we are, which I think we can discover through working with our dream life. I know I'm going to roll this piece of audio back a few times to hear you (laughs) say that again and again. All right. All right. All right. So very good. Lucid dreaming for the first time. I think I may understand it and have a a greater handle on things. Now, let's talk about setting intentions in dreams. I think I could do this if I knew what the heck it meant. Well, this is this is about literally or not. More, maybe the better word would be specifically asking the idea that you're going to go into the dream state to sort of help you solve a problem. So you have to have a problem first that you want to solve. I, I like to tell a story of a, something that I did once. Uh, so I'm pulling my own covers here. I was dating somebody. Um, I'm very ambivalent about the experience because on the one hand, this man seemed like a good potential, like on paper. But on the other hand, I was feeling... Feelings like old patterning might be up, right? So I was like, I don't know what to do. Dreams, help me out. And I did it very specifically, almost like a ritual. I got very intentional at my bedtime, and I asked in a, in a sincere and prayerful way, hey, higher self, illuminate this issue for me. So I have a dream that night that I'm at a wedding either an anniversary celebration or a wedding celebration, it's mine, and my partner is out of the room, and I'm aware that they've been acting badly. And then they come into the room, and it's my father. Oh, good Lord in heaven. So, what what I, is happening here? 
Well, my unconscious knew that this was an old pattern relationship. My conscious mind was, you know, wanting to make it work because we all want love. Right. I responded respectfully to the sensations of bother that my conscious mind could have, which was minimal, which is why I petitioned the dream in the first place. And then it just gives me an almost comical, laughable image of, yes, this is the old pattern of love. Please end this relationship. And I did. Wow, wow, wow. Now, you can do this around any problem, challenge, or issue, and then you have to just trust that the dream or dreams that come are doing the work of helping shift things on the unconscious. You might get something obvious in the way that I just presented, um, but it, it is something that sort of works, whether it's obvious or not. We just have to trust that once we open this ongoing negotiation between conscious mind and unconscious mind, we have to remember that the unconscious is really unconscious. And sometimes we have to work with it by sort of saying, I'll figure what this impulse means, you know, after it passes. Right. But doing this dream work, I think, helps. So what if you had had a wonderful, loving relationship with your father, the dream would have had a different meaning? No. Absolutely. What a fabulous way to spin and reflect that the unconscious is always revealing. And for the person who wasn't, you know, yeah, absolutely. The person who's not, you know, got the the traumas that I've had to heal as part of my experience. Yes, the symbol would be, hey, unconscious, we want you to know that this is a loving relationship that will have your back. So much fun, this conversation. Dr. Michael Lennox, your podcast is called Conscious Embodiment. And you're part of uh, the complete Dictionary of Dreams? Tell me about that. Well, I have four books that I've written on dreams, one that's coming out this coming January. So the first book was called Dream Sight, and it's um, mostly a teaching tool to, to, talk, to talk about universality in, in symbol interpretation. Then I did a standard dream dictionary. It's My publisher is Llewellyn Worldwide Press, so it's Llewellyn's Complete Dictionary of Dreams. Then we did a little like gift book, the Little Book of Dreams. It's literally little, <laughs> and it's sort of an amalgam of other books as a gifty thing. It's the thing. It's a stocking stuffer. The book that's coming out on January 8th, though, is the one that is really about all the topics we've been talking about. It's called Psychic Dreamer, exploring the connection between dreams and intuition. And I got to just lean into just dozens and dozens of juicy stories from people about shared dreams, visitation dreams, lucid dreams. You have it. I love this idea of a shared dream. I've never heard of that before. That was a revelation to me, too, Casey, because nine Neither had I, even in decades of hearing dreams, I first heard about a shared dream experience through two women that I know personally and their stories in the book. But they're just just two women with a wildly intimate and powerful friendship connection who would go off into the woods every year or so to a cabin to just recharge as pals. This is something that they did. And so they had this shared dream experience where both of them had the same creepy dream about the space that was strong enough that they left. So they, that put in their friendship this idea of, oh, wow, this connection that we always feel actually 
deepens into our dream experience. And it sort of shifted how they related to each other as friends. And three years later, just last year, the same kind of thing happened. They went on one of these trips. They both started having the same themed dreams that were quite disturbing. And as it turns out, the dreams were reflecting um, a very serious illness that one of these women had, and six months later, she passed away. But as a result of these two experiences opening these women up to something that they were energetically sharing, they were able to have a profound experience of the the woman's passing through appreciating and understanding that their connection went into mysterious and multidimensional realms. So when I put out that I was writing this book last year, I certainly knew I was going to include this story, but I wound up hearing dozens of stories of the same thing. Usually high-stakes events has to be either family members or deeply close friends, and people have to be talking about their dreams. I think this is probably happening way more often than not, but if people aren't talking about their dreams, how would you know? Dr. Lennox, are dreams always dreams? (laughs) It's like, you know, do you have to interpret every dream? You, You can. I think any dream can be interpreted because it's coming from a place that requires interpretation to understand or even be in the same room as the meaning. But the question really is, should you? And I think it would make you insane if you tried to do so. Even my own, like, dream journals. When I was younger, every dream got written down. I don't write down any of my dreams now at 60. Why? Because I'm so good at working with my dream state, I know exactly when a dream arrives that needs my attention. So today, as a wiser, older, more integrated person, I might only work with the dream every couple of weeks. When I was younger, I was writing every single dream down and thinking about them. All right. Also, is a dream ever a psychic experience or is a dream ever a visit from the other side or is a dream ever a break? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All of those things. Certainly, that still small voice will allow us to dream of things that will show up in our lives days, weeks later. And I've got to tell you, I think this is happening more and more and more and more, because 30 years ago, I didn't hear about this as much, and now I hear about it all the time. And I think it's common. You have a dream, two days later, you're in the same circumstance. Um, And I think this is more common than people realize. And visitation dreams happen all the time, and when someone has one, it's unmistakable, because they, too, are very different than typical dreaming. The standard visitation dream is singular in location when most dreams go everywhere and up one wall and down the other. Mm -hmm. But a visitation dream takes place in the room that you're sleeping in or on a bench in an idyllic setting, someplace very singular. There's usually nothing spoken, but a message of all is well or I love you. If anything is spoken, it'll be that simple. And most importantly, when someone has one of these dreams, they are almost always transformed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. How about when you wake up from a dream and you either feel good or you feel terrible? Well, you know, I think we are more active in our dreams than I think we intuitively imagine. That is to say, we consider effort to be something that our physical body engages in in our waking life. 
But the brain is where all the effort takes place, including where all of the restorative experience that the brain needs to do also happens in REM sleep. So there are times when we wake up exhausted because we've been very busy in our sleeping experience processing stress. And that can impact the day's energy the next day because if we've been very active, we might not have released as much of the neurotoxins that the brain cells create and we wake up tired because we haven't cleared off enough because we've been so sort of activated in our dream state. I'm sure you will live long enough to have an interview where the interviewer doesn't tell you about a dream they had, but this isn't that. <laughs> so one time I had a dream that I was giving birth and I gave mm. birth to a litter of puppies. Ooh, how sweet. <laughs> well, first of all, birth is is quite a specific, you know, uh, almost literal symbol that we birth things all the time. When we wake up every morning, we're birthing the new day, projects and ideas. We're birthing, creating a new moment in just who we are because we've grown and changed a little bit is like being, you know, reborn in certain ways. So birth in a dream is always about that kind of a new beginning or something that is brand new being expressed. And dogs are a symbol of unconditional love. We created our cats and our dogs to express that kind of love in our immediate environment. And dogs more than cats represent a kind of unbridled, joyful way of loving. Mm -hmm. And so uh, birthing a litter of puppies is to be coming into a new sort of loving chapter in your experience. And shortly after that dream, I gave birth to Let It Shine. It all makes sense now. Dr. Michael Lennox. MichaelLennox.com. Thank you for tuning in today. Our thought for the day is from Joseph Murphy, who said, A mental picture is worth a thousand words. Your subconscious will bring to pass any picture held in the mind and backed by faith. Shine up. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.